Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. I'm teaching a two-day series on fruit that remains or good works done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which one day we will be rewarded for. You not only have a great time in life, but a future to look forward to that's even better than what you experienced on earth. Sound too good to be true? It's not. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word. You know what I'm teaching to you yesterday and today comes from my series called Grace for Growth. And what we're dealing with is the purpose of good works in the Christian life. We are not saved by good works, but we're saved unto good works. Ephesians 2 uh, verses 8 through 10. So that we are saved by faith and faith only. But since the world can't see faith in us, the next thing that happens in our salvation, we're saved unto good works. Works are for the world to see. Works doesn't save me before God, but basically works save me in front of people. They look at me and say, this guy must really be saved. They see the results of what happened inside of me. And this is what it is. So Acts chapter 13 and verse 36, I'll start here today and we'll pick up where we took off yesterday. And again, thank you for watching. Uh, listen, all these things can be found on YouTube. My uh, All my past ones here and my archives and all that can be found on YouTube. And so you can be blessed by it. So if you wanna go back and watch something I've done before, please do so, all right? Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 says this, David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. A generation contains all ages present at that time. You know, we often talk about, well, my generation, and we're talking about the 20 to 30 year olds, or my generation, the 40 and 50 year olds, or those that are older. No, a generation is everybody. You know, when when uh, the Bible talks about the Exodus generation, you know what the Exodus generation was? Everybody that went through the Red Sea. And it said there that even the old people, there's not a frail one among them. There was babies that mothers were carrying out that you know, were that were uh, brand new babies, born just born babies, you know? So the point of it is from newborns all the way up to over a hundred years old, that's what it is. A generation is everybody that's alive at that time. David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. Like David, you have been called by God to first of all, find his will, then serve your generation by the will of God. How do you serve the generation around you? First of all, you find God's will by accepting salvation. Then you begin to live that in front of the world. And that's how you serve your generation by God's will. It's not by your own thinking, not by your own will. But when you find out what the word of God has to say and how to live it, then you start to live it in front of people. Listen to me carefully. David did not try to affect coming generations, but he did. Your works not only affect people around, you, but affect generations yet to come. What Paul did, what David did, what Moses did, what Peter did, those effects are still around us today. And we see results of those. We've, we're studying the word of God right now. And the verses we're studying were written by Luke and by Paul and by others. Though they are gone, they're still affecting generations today, but they didn't try. They just affected their generation. David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. David didn't try to affect coming generations, but he did. David's job was to serve his generation. God's job was to take it and affect other generations. Notice this, David served his own generation by the will of God. I ministered, I was talking to a minister one day, said, how can I affect generations yet to come? I said, you won't. 
If God wanted you to affect that generation, he'd have put you there. He put you here. But the point of it is, if you'll affect this generation, like dropping a rock into the water, the moment the rock hits the water and goes below it, that's like you dying. But then the ripples begin to go out. And the ripples of you serving God right now will go out without you even planning on it, thinking about it, or much less trying to get the word out to generations yet to come. Generations of kings after David were compared to David, but David didn't try. David didn't say, I'm setting myself up as an example for other generations. Yet every king after David was considered a success if he followed in David's footsteps and was not a success if he did not follow in David's footsteps. If God's plan was for you to serve the next generation again, he would have placed you there, but you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So don't try to live in the past reflecting on better days before this and don't try to live in the future waiting for better days. Live your life today and understand today is the best day of all. Or Roberts said that. I, there was a group of ministers that met with him just before he died and he went and literally got to the point where he couldn't travel anymore. He was too old and had ministers come to sit with him. And he began, they began to ask him. And one man said this, they said, sir, you were there during the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for healing in the 1940s and 50s. Then you were there for the charismatic movement and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit during those days. In fact, you even joined a Methodist church during those days, seeing what God was gonna do in the days to come and the outpouring and the breaking down of denominational barriers by the Holy Spirit. And you did that, you saw that. Then you saw God working together with doctors and ministers together and formed the city of faith. They went on and they said, sir, out of all those days, in fact, sir, after that, you set up Oral Roberts University, begin to train people. It's like you've been a slightly ahead of everything that's come, you've seen it coming. He said, sir, would you tell us what the best day of all is in Oral said today, stopped everybody in their tracks. Nobody could believe why, because they couldn't think of anything good going on in their day at that time. And he said, today, he said, today's the best day of all. And it shook them because they don't stop to think about that. Today's the best day of all. I can't live in the past and I can't live in the future, but I can live today. And I've been made for such a time as this. Now we put in a specific place at a specific time by God in this time period. Acts 17 verse 26 says this, he has made of one blood every nation of man to dwell on the face of the earth and predetermined, pre-appointed their times and boundaries of their dwellings. You know what this verse is saying? God specifically chose you for this time period and where you were born, what time you were born and everything attached to your birth was predetermined by God. Why should you gripe about your color? God made you that color. Why does that make you superior to another color? It doesn't. God made you that color. There was no choice in it. Your nationality, where you were born, when you were born, what side of town you were born on. All this is God's choice. It's simply saying, leave that up to God. You had no choice of family or time or place, but like ripples going out from a rock in the water, your fruit will go to other generations. But this comes back to the works that you do as a Christian. You've been placed on this earth for such a time as this. So again, it comes back to it. Simply do what God's asked you to do. Live for God each and every day. And when you die, you die and go on to be with the Lord in heaven, but your works do follow you all the way out into heaven, but also in the time periods yet to come. I believe this is why we will be rewarded throughout eternity because there's gonna come a day I'll end up in heaven, but my works will keep on going down here. More people will say because of me, more people will say because the people got saved under me, more people will become disciples because of the pastors that came out from under me. 
and in heaven, God will be continually giving me rewards because this thing just keeps on moving day after day. Heaven and earth will pass away, but listen, good works will not pass away. Let's start taking a look at some good works. What does the Bible say are good works? Hebrews chapter one, verses 10 through 12 says, you Lord in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens, that's all three of the heavens, are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up and they will be changed, but you are the same and your years will not fail. This verse simply says, when we get ready to die, God's gonna fold some things up, but there's gonna be things that will just keep on going forever and forever. And so finally, the earth will wear out one day and be thrown away like an old shirt. Natural things will change, but spiritual things will continue on forever and forever. What will change? What are the things that's going to change? Revelation 21 and verse one. I'm just gonna give you a bunch of scriptures here and follow me through them. Revelation 21, one, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven, that's the atmosphere around the earth, and the first earth had passed away and there was no more ocean. So what's gonna change? The earth will change one day. After the millennium is over, God's gonna renovate this earth, renovate the atmosphere around the earth because that's the domain of Satan. He's the prince and power of the air, but also he's gonna cleanse the earth and everything from the past will be gone. Every remembrance of man will be gone. And then it goes on to say there'll be no more oceans. The first heaven, will be changed and cleansed. That's the air around the earth. The fallen, cursed earth will be changed and the earth will be ruled by Jesus Christ and all the saints that are on the earth. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, at which time the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. So look at verse 13. We, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells or will permanently abide. Works done in the flesh will be destroyed. Buildings will be torn down. Hospitals will be gone. Libraries will be gone. The UN building will be gone. Science buildings will be gone. But our righteous works will remain eternally. I must say that again. Our righteous works will remain eternally. We've got some fabulous buildings here dedicated to the history of the United States and history of other nations, but one day that's all gonna be gone. Not torn down by some communist country or by some terrible leaders coming in, no, but by Jesus Christ himself. But what's gonna remain forever and forever and forever are the righteous works and continue to be rewarded forever and forever, and those will remain eternally. Notice this, we are left here to minister to others. We're left here to bear fruit. That's what working is. Our works in front of other people are the fruit we produce. And fruit is not made for the tree. Fruit is made for the passers-by to grab it and eat it on the way by. My life is designed to bear fruit where the world can come by and grab that fruit. The fruit of healing, the fruit of righteousness, get born again, get healed, but also have their natural needs met. John 15, verses one and two, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Look at verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. What is the fruit that we bear? Our good works in front of the world. Look at verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. 
Fruit we produce should remain as a testimony after we're gone. This is the ripples that keep on going out. This is us affecting our generation, but the fruit, it's like the trees we have out there, apple trees we have out there, and others we have. Did you know that started in the garden and the seeds of those continue here? So what we see as far as a uh, you know peach tree or something out here, that started in the garden and has been here for thousands of years. Those are the works that God put in the earth and my work should remain also in this earth. It's God's will that our fruit should remain and leave a legacy. Only production for the Lord will last. Natural production, our social and business lives on earth will quickly fade away one day. Social agendas never advance. They only make momentary changes in life and eventually then make matters worse. Ending poverty, ending hunger, global warming, all these things, improving racial conditions are man's natural answer. What they need is supernatural answers that come from the kingdom of God. I'll see you right after the break. The Beatitudes may be considered as the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, and they serve well as a table of contents for Jesus' sermon there. They are divided into two sections, receiving the Word of God as a hearer of the Word and delivering the Word of God as a doer of the Word. In seven profound lessons, Bobby Andian explores the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5 and thoroughly describes the progression found in these verses, which correspond directly to our walk with the Lord and our maturing in Him. Message titles include The Poor in Spirit, Those Who Mourn, Who Are the Meek, A Hunger for Righteousness, The Seeds of Mercy, The Peacemakers, and Blessed in Persecution. To order Grace for Growth, The Beatitudes, go to bobbyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This understanding will allow you to walk in more maturity and stability in your Christian life. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. We were looking at John chapter 15, talking about fruit. Fruit is another word for works. Lots of fruit we produce in this earth. Here's one, healing. 
and miracles. Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do also. Imagine that's called works. And he said, the works that I do, sure you do also, and greater works because I go to my Father. The healings you've seen me do, you're gonna do even more than that. Not maybe because our quality is much better, but the number of them we keep on doing because Jesus was only here for three years and we've been here now for almost 2,000 or just over 2,000 years. So he's simply saying that the fruit we produce should remain as a testimony after we are gone. When a person gets healed, and goes on, tells their children about it, their children's children about it, bring them around and talk about when they were at somebody's meeting. That person that did the meeting may be in heaven by now, but the fruit continues after that. So fruit we produce should remain as a testimony after we are gone. And another word for fruit is works. That's the works we do for the Lord. It is God's will that our fruit should remain and leave a legacy. John 15, 16, we were just in that passage of scripture. God wants us to leave a legacy behind. Fruit keeps on growing and growing from one generation to the next, even though the Johnny Apple seed that put the seed in the ground is no longer there. Only production for the Lord will last. Natural productions, our social and business lives on earth will fade away. Social agendas never really advance much. They make only momentary changes, eventually make matters worse after that. Ending poverty, ending hunger, global warming, improving racial conditions. Folks, all these things are things we see around us, but man cannot improve it. Only the things from God can improve it. How can we end poverty and hunger? Get a person saved, get them following the things of God, get them established in a good occupation, and then turning around and being a giver to other peoples. This is how we end poverty and hunger. But poverty and hunger will not totally end until Jesus Christ comes back and rules the reigns and rules and reigns in this earth himself. Global warming. Actually, there's no such thing as global warming. The Bible talks about it. as long as the earth remains, there'll be heat and cold. I mean, somebody asked me one time, what do you think is going to, you know, what happens, you know, with global warming? What comes after that? I say global cooling. Then comes global warming. These things just cycle like that. The earth is working on itself. So improving racial conditions around us. How do we do that? Get a person saved because in Christ, there is no male, no female. In Christ, there is no black, nor white, nor Jew, nor Gentile. That's our position in the body of Christ. Your job in this earth is to use me any means possible, any types of works that will make eternal changes. Well, in other words, I don't just feed a person food. I don't just give them a bag of food and send them out. No, what my job is to do is use that moment I give them natural food to teach them of spiritual food, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. That when they're coming in and I'm putting a coat on them and give them some clothes, I can teach them about the robes of righteousness and they can have an eternal robe on them. Everything I do is not just for the moment, it's to set eternal things in motion. Social orders change with the times, but the work of God and local churches and Bible schools still remain. The leaders are gone. Kenneth Hagin is gone, but Rama Bible Training Center still goes on and the work multiplies today. Gordon Lindsay had Christ for the Nations and right now it's become one of the world leaders in setting forth praise and worship and Gordon Lindsay has been in heaven for a long time. Or Roberts University, or Roberts died some time back and the university keeps on producing Christ-filled, spirit-filled students going out to become born-again, spirit-filled doctors, attorneys, and all the things in this earth. Andrew Walmack, he's alive right now, but should he not outlive the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and he dies before that time, Karis Bible College will still keep on going over and over and from time to time and still continue to go. This is the work that we do in the earth. 
What we do in this earth is not temporary, even though it seems to us like it's temporary. I look back at the church I had, the church I had is no longer the church that it was at that time, but you know what? It's still going on. People are still getting saved. Ministers are going out. And I've gone around the world and met ministers that came out of our church that now have churches that are, I now go to what I call grand churches. You know what that is? It's pastors now pastoring churches and they came out from under a pastor who came out from under me. I've gone to churches, this young guy's there going, how in the world did you know about me? He said, because I've got all your books up here. I've got your, you know, your recordings up here. The pastor that I took this church from came out of your church and I grew up on your teachings. Now I want you to have a place to come and invite you here. So I call those grand churches. How wonderful that is that I live long enough to be able to see that come to pass. What a wonderful thing that God has placed me in this earth to understand something. When I'm gone, this will still keep going on. Now that Kenneth Hagin is gone, Rama still keeps going. Gordon Lindsay, Christ for the Nation still keeps going on. Oral Roberts University still keeps going on and they're in heaven and they're still reaping the benefits of it in heaven. And the rewards that we started in this earth keeps on going like seed and like orange trees and like apple trees continue to keep on growing. That's what happens after we are gone. They, again, like I said, the Johnny apple seeds come and go, but the trees they planted still keep moving on and on and on. So that's the importance of it. This is what we have around the nation, around the world. What is God saying? He wants us to get in there and do good Christian works, do things for the Lord Jesus Christ, not in our name, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not to raise up people to ourselves, but to raise them up for the Lord Jesus Christ and to send them out with the eternal power of God. This is God's purpose in the earth and it keeps growing and growing and multiplying and multiplying and we will not understand the fullness of it until one day we arrive in heaven itself. Dwight L. Moody was a contemporary of Jane Addams. You couldn't talk about two different type of people than Dwight L. Moody and James and Jane Addams. So both lived in Chicago. Both did their works around the exact same time. Dwight L. Moody, what a man of God he was. I mean, the, the things he started and the things he started are still going today. Dwight L. Moody has a reputation because of the thousands and tens of thousands of ministers around the world that have been sent out because of his ministry. This is what God's design is for you. Even though you may not be a Dwight L. Moody, you might be a Bill Johnson or you might be a, you know, a, a Mary Hammond or whatever you might be. The point of it is, who cares? God knows what your name is. We often wonder, does anybody remember me when I'm gone? God does. And your name will be shouted from the housetops in heaven. The remembrance of you will go on and on forever because of those that you worked around and saw and led to Jesus Christ and your works proved your salvation. So again, this is what Dwight L. Moody did. We often compare ourselves to these great giants, but understand something. Really, God sees us as a great giant. He didn't see things as big and small, important and not important. Angels rejoice over every sinner that repents. And even though in some meetings, like you see, you know, where uh, Billy Graham saw tens of thousands receive Jesus at one time, and you might see one receive Jesus in front of you, the angels rejoice over every single sinner that repents. There's a party in heaven as much as for one as there is for 10,000. Dwight L. Moody was a contemporary of Jane Addams. Both lived in Chicago and both began works around the same time. Jane Addams, who was an extreme liberal, believed there was a spark of good in everyone. 
And the problem with man was his environment. If we could change man's environment, that would change the person themselves. And all these people that got into crime, all these people that were doing wrong things, it was all because of their environment, not because there was something on the inside of them. When Jesus told us and the Old Testament has told us that we were born into this earth as sinners, we were born under Adam's transgression and his sin passed upon all. I am born in Adam and in Adam all die. But there comes a day when I, if I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I die in Adam and I'm transferred to the Lord Jesus Christ and in Christ shall all be made alive. What I'm telling you here in these verses of scripture is Jane Adams believed there was a spark of good in everyone. And if man's environment could be changed, the good would surface and the world would be a better place. She didn't understand that even in perfect environment, two perfect people still sinned. Adam and Eve creating an imperfect world in an absolute perfect environment. Not one thing wrong with it. They still messed up. Man's evil heart created our evil environment, not the other way around. It's not our evil environment that creates our evil heart. The evil heart in man creates the evil environment. As a Nobel Peace Prize winner and a pacifist, she fought for women's rights, peace and social reform, and she built Hull House in Chicago. Hull House was for raising up men and women to help change society. Dwight L. Moody believed exactly the opposite. He believed man was born into sin and there was not a spark in him of any kind of good at all. In fact, there was no reason for God to send Jesus to the cross to die because there was not one bit of good in any man. He died, Jesus died, not because there was any good in us. He died because he loved us and he chose to love us. Therefore, because he chose to love us, we can choose to love him back and receive him as Lord and Savior. Divine good had to be received by faith in Jesus Christ. Man's environment, according to Dwight L. Moody, could change only when man's heart changed. He taught and sent out men and women into the world to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he did that. Moody Publishers, Northfield Mount Hermon Prep School, Moody Bible Institute all still exist today and continue to instruct young men and young women in God's world. Innumerable testimonies of ministers, pastors, Bible teachers, evangelists, and missionaries abound showing the continuing fruit of Dwight L. Moody. The interesting thing is though, after Jane Addams' death, Hull House became a museum in a crime-ridden part of Chicago. Things didn't get better around Hull House, they got worse. And when she first started it, it wasn't the best part of town, but whenever she died at Hull House, became a museum, it was in some of the worst crime-ridden areas of Chicago. It was in a decaying part of Chicago. It went bankrupt and closed in January of 2012. Although she is said to have been an inspiration to many, not one testimony was ever recorded of a changed life because of the work of Jane Addams. Yet, when it came to the death later of Dwight L. Moody, it's the continuing fruit that continues to go out. Again, like I said, his ministry still exists today, continues to send out men and women, and the name of Dwight L. Moody is still remembered, and the name of Jane Addams often has to be dug up for a person to remember even who she was. She had no lasting results. What am I telling you about your own life? Your lasting results come because after you're born again, you begin to walk with Jesus, begin to 
talk with him, walk with him, share your conversation, carry your attitude and your testimony to other people and show them what's on the inside of you. This is what living for the Lord is. This is what true works have done. And notice again, after they are gone, your works continue on. Even after David was gone, his reputation kept going on to others. And even Jesus Christ himself, when he came into this world, the angel announced he will sit on the throne of his father David forever and forever. What am I saying? Is Jesus Christ inside of you? Let him out. Is Jesus Christ inside of you? Live for him. And understand this, God will carry your name and your reputation and your testimony to the generations yet to come. Have a good day. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.